We can be seated now. Mary's going to come and read to us. The reading this morning is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 1 to 31. Spiritual gifts. Now, about spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in everyone. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one, just as he determines. One body, many parts. The body is a unit, although it is made up of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form one body, and so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, 
while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church of God, in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then workers of miracles, and also those having the gift of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have the gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, and do all interpret, but eagerly desired the greater gifts. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you very much, uh, Mary. That's quite an epic reading, wasn't it? It'd be really helpful this morning if you have got a, a phone with you and can get that passage up on your phone, or if you'd like to grab a Bible from the back, perhaps uh, Andy and Brian can source some Bibles from just around the corner there. It will enable you to keep track with uh, where I'm going. Um, I'm sorry, I've really got to say that this time tomorrow's going to make one, uh, one or two people jealous because this time tomorrow I'll be at Edgebaston watching the test match. So, sorry folks, I've just, just have finished belting out Jerusalem, that dreadful, not very Christian hymn, and uh, enjoying the cricket, possibly with a pint in my hand. So, there you go. Anyway, let me, let me pray. Let's get us back on track before people start throwing things at me. Mind you, the majority of you are very glad that you're not going to be watching cricket tomorrow because you'd be bored to death. But anyway, let's pray. Well, thank you so much uh, for your word to us. And thank you for the reminder this morning of your lavish generosity and the ways in which you gift your people in so many disparate ways for the building up of your church and the service of your world. And we pray, Lord God, that you would speak to us now as we reflect together. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're looking at the whole of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And thinking about the life of a church where God's gifts are being expressed. Because when is the church of Jesus Christ at its most beautiful, life-affirming, society-affecting, creative best. It's when, surely, each member of a worshipping community is seeking after God and is using their gifts to serve him. Peter writes in uh, 1 Peter 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others 
as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Isn't it great that every single person in this building has been gifted by God in some way? But those gifts and talents have been given not for our own personal benefit or so that other people will think well of us. They're given to bless others. And perhaps the most powerful image of the people of God giving of themselves in God's service is that contained in this chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're reminded that together we are the body of Christ. I had problems with this last time I used it, didn't I? No, I might have to rely on Tim. Oh, it's not just me, okay. Paul writes to a people living in a really eclectic spiritual environment. Men and women are having all sorts of ecstatic experiences and there's something of an obsession with the supernatural in the society into which Paul is writing. And he's concerned that some of them have been led astray. And he draws them back to the one true God. He directs their attention back to Jesus and helps them understand how the Holy Spirit gives gifts to God's people. This morning, as we look at this chapter, we're going to identify some some key headlines and then go on and hone in on some of the uh, specific gifts and then tie things together at the end. We'll be following up on this theme later this evening as well. Um, If the presentation starts working again, uh, we'll get each point up in turn. Otherwise, do write it down or keep notes. And I will send the whole presentation to the life group leaders. First of all, a reminder that these gifts are for everyone who follows Christ. Verse 7, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. There's no hierarchy where we have to reach level five of holiness to be gifted by God. God gives generously to his people, to all his people. Secondly, these gifts are for the common good. If you're gifted by God in a certain way, then use that gift to bless others. The most gifted musician is wasting their talent if they just write music for themselves or play it in the confines of their own room and never share it with anyone else. They might be blessed. The cat might be blessed. But no one else. The finest chef does nothing to bless others if they only try out recipes on themselves. It's obvious, really, but whatever our gift or talent, it is to be shared. And sometimes that can be challenging. Uh, Some of us um, don't mind being up front doing things. Others really shy away from that sort of thing. But sometimes uh, God's called someone who may not feel confident about being up front to a position where they are up front, whether it's using a musical gift or a teaching gift or in whatever form. What a blessing we can be to others when we share what God has given us. 
Thirdly, God distributes gifts as he determines. It's not like going onto the Argos website, folks, is it? Choosing what we want, adding it into our basket, and paying at the checkout. We might ask God for specific gifts. We're told to eagerly desire them. But God ultimately gifts as he chooses. I remember as a teenager being quite, uh, quite envious of a mate of mine who was a talented saxophone player. It's quite a sort of sexy type of instrument, really, a saxophone, isn't it? And he was just so good at playing the sax. It all seemed quite, um, quite, quite glamorous. But that was never going to be me. I couldn't even get a note out of a recorder. I had to take time to discover the person God was making me to be and how he was gifting me. John Ortberg, uh, American author, wrote uh, a book a few years ago. and We studied with, with one of our youth small groups called The Me I Want to Be, with a subtitle, Becoming God's Best Person of You. And the whole emphasis of this book was we need to become Yuya. I don't think it's a real word. Owning the person God has made us to be, not trying to be someone else. We don't have to aspire to someone else's gifts or envy them, but let's grow in our own God-given identity as he has gifted us. Fourthly, all gifts are important in God's purposes. We'll look at um, some of the gifts of the Spirit listed in the New Testament shortly. I don't for one moment believe that those listed are meant to be exhaustive. There's an incredible variety of gifts, and God gives so many different gifts to his people. We need leaders. We need evangelists. We need those with prophetic gifts. But equally, we need people with gifts of hospitality to ensure we welcome and love people well. We need people with gifts of administration to ensure things run smoothly. And if you're prompted by that message from that notice from Dan earlier, you think you might have a bit of time and space during the autumn to help with the administration of the parish weekend, that would be such a blessing to so many people. Gifts of prayer, gifts of service, gifts of showing mercy. That middle chunk of the chapter, verses 15 to 26, we're reminded we need each other and should value each other equally because all gifts are important. Let's also remember that all gifts and talents are from God. It's easy to fall into a trap and make a distinction between what we might call natural talent and spiritual gifts. Let's remember that ultimately all of those things are gifts from God. If someone's good at sport, that is a gift from God because God's our creator. It can be used to bless others. If someone's a great dancer, that is a gift from God and can be used to bless others. On our team at Dane Hill, we've got this amazingly gifted 17, 18-year-old dancer. She's studying, just gone off to study dance at university, and she blesses others by running dance workshops and all sorts of things and expressing her love for God in creative ways. Some people have just a natural inclination and gifting to serve others. They're always there helping in the kitchen, always tidying away chairs. God has just wired them that way, and it's a gift that's grown in them, and they're generous with that gift.
A lack of that gift doesn't give us an excuse. So we can't say, oh, we'll let other people get on with that. Because actually, God can use all of us and wants us to pull our weight. Um, Graham Kendrick writes in his epic song, Servant King, so let us learn how to serve and in our lives enthrone him. We may not feel we've got a gift of healing, but we can still pray that someone might be healed. A lack doesn't, doesn't give us an excuse. Um, I've jumped a bit, so let's go back. The gifts of the Spirit are always expressed in the context of love. We're invited to taste a love sandwich as we look at 1 Corinthians chapters 12 to 14. Chapters 12 to 14 are like the um, pieces of Hovis seeded with teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. And between them is the filling. That great chapter on love so often read at weddings and funerals. The gifts of the Spirit expressed in love. Sadly, there are stories of churches where there's a real openness to the gift of the Spirit. God in his grace does amazing things, but somehow, somewhere, the devil gets in and disrupts, and for love of for God himself and the love of people for one another, somewhere gets lost. That's why I think Paul reminds the Corinthians, verse 31, love is indispensable. We're to eagerly desire the gifts. Paul writes something interesting, doesn't he? He says, eagerly desire the greater gifts. What are those greater gifts? Now, it's not wrong to uh, want something. Let's not be apathetic and half-hearted. Let's seek after God's best for us and for his church. Eagerly desire the gifts. Greater gifts? Well, it seems, commentators seem to feel that it's because of what was happening in the early church there that uh, many people were really seeking after the um, gifts such as the, the, the gifts of, gift of tongues and interpreting tongues, that prayer language that God gives, so that they could show off in some way. Perhaps Paul's saying, well, the, the greater gifts are those which most build up the church, bless others. Let's just have a quick look, shall we, at um, the lists of the gifts of the Spirit in the New Testament. Hopefully this is a helpful graphic. There's the four uh, main passages where we read of the gifts. So we've been looking at 1 Corinthians 12. A little bit earlier in uh, Romans chapter 12, Paul lists a different but similar sort of list. Later on, as he's writing to the church in Ephesus, it's another list of those five giftings of the apostle, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, and the prophet. And Peter gets in on the acts when he talks about gifts of service and gifts of teaching. If you look carefully, you'll see one or two gifts appear regularly. Others perhaps only as one-offs. Some may seem fairly ordinary, others rather spectacular. But it's so important to note, isn't it, that all are gifts from God to build his kingdom purposes on earth. 
Let's just pick out a few, perhaps, of the, the sort of less obvious ones. Some of those listed in the 1 Corinthians passage. The gifts of wisdom and knowledge. In 1 Corinthians 12, uh, Paul writes of a, a message or a word of wisdom and knowledge. And this is about more than, more than human wisdom, drawn from years of study. It's about a gift of specific wisdom imparted by God for a specific situation. God giving an individual a clear sense of the right action or solution. A word of knowledge might be an inner sense that God is saying something to an individual or to a group of people to unlock something in them. We see it with Jesus, don't we, when he's um, engaging with a woman at the well in John chapter 4. And without prior knowledge, he says, I see you've had five husbands, and the man you're with is not your husband. The Father, by the Spirit, has imparted that knowledge, that word, into him, and it unlocks the conversation with that woman at the well. Um, last week at the evening service, Anita was uh, leading worship in uh, her usual great style, encouraging us to draw close to God. And in the middle of leading worship, she was just getting these words in her head. Left hip. And she thought she'd gone a bit mad. She kept leading the worship, but this, these words kept coming into her head. Left hip, left hip. And so she shared that at the end of one of the songs. It was a strong inner voice. It wouldn't go away. She shared that with the congregation, and after the service, someone, someone responded to that and said, that really, really spoke to me. As soon as you said left hip, I, I knew I had this pain in my left hip. Um, I came over all, all sort of funny, and they had a conversation with Anita, and I think Anita prayed to them afterwards. A specific word of knowledge for a particular situation. Uh, the gift of tongues and the inter interpretation of tongues, um, listed here as uh, languages. Tongues is a love language from God that he gives to people to help them pray or to share a message to be interpreted by others. It's not something to be scared about, something to be embraced. Sometimes as we ask the Holy Spirit to touch us, he gives us this gift. And we can't stop praying in words that we might not understand but which express the heart of God. Gifts of healing. God chooses to use some people in a really special ministry of healing. And some people have a real heart for that ministry. We've got a small team here who pray with us at various times, especially at the moment around communion services. Praying and loving with empathy and compassion so that God's healing purposes are worked out. Gifts of faith, not just mustard seed faith, not just normal everyday faith, but something out, totally out of the ordinary that sees what could be and believes for it. <clears throat> I think the vision for the reordering of this building as a place of creativity, community and Christian spirituality was a great vision of faith held strongly in the first instance by one or two people and then gradually shared more widely. A vision to see what could be and believe in God for his provision.
Let's finish back in 1 Corinthians 12. And uh, if you've got your Bibles there, verses 4 to 6, where Paul writes of different kinds of gifts, different kinds of serving, and different kinds of working. It's interesting that, isn't it? But he breaks that down into three. Different kinds of gifts, different kinds of serving, different kinds of working. There are three Greek words which some of you uh, will be familiar with. The Greek word translated as gifts is the word charismata. We speak of the charismatic movement, or charismatic gifts. Expressions of God's grace freely given to his people. Different kinds of serving, the word is diaconia. We get, from that we get the word deacon, don't we? Which is very much a servant role in the life of the church. Ways of serving with a generous attitude of the heart. And then different kinds of working, the Greek word is energinata. God's energy. God's energy spilling out amongst his people affecting the world at large. Three just slightly different emphases. The gifts, the service, the working, all, all interlinking, overlapping, but expressing the heart of God and his generosity to his people. In all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. And I'd just encourage us this morning to reflect on our own giftings. Where has God gifted us? Maybe we're aware that we've not been using our gifts to the full. Perhaps because there's been so much else going on in life, we've just been feeling a bit flattened. Maybe there are particular opportunities within the life of God's church where God is calling you to serve. Because the church will be so much more vibrant, so much more life-enhancing, so much more world-affecting, if all of God's people use their gifts to serve him, to give him glory. So let's pray, shall we? Let's just take a few moments of, of quiet, first of all. Let's think about the ways in which God has gifted us. And if you're feeling, I'm, I'm just not sure, then after the service, perhaps chat to others around you, others who know you well. If you're in a life group, this week in your meetings, encourage one another as you recognize the gifts and talents that people have. And whatever your gifts and talents might be, just in the quietness, just offer them back to God.
and ask that he might multiply those gifts, not so that you're anything special. but so that his church might grow and be more impactful of society around. And then just think about that phrase at the end of the chapter, eagerly desire the greater gifts. What do you eagerly desire from God? The God who knows you better than you know yourself. The God who is generous beyond measure. Don't be shy of asking him to give you more. Spirit of God, just plant within us that increasing desire to honor you with all of our lives. Increase our confidence in using our gifts to to serve you and to serve others around us. Protect us from apathy or indifference. Give us bold vision. And as we use our gifts together, may we encourage one another to be the very best that you would have us be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.